Welcome to the Ignite Physio Podcast. This podcast inspires physiotherapists and other health professionals to continue learning and growing in their practice and career. We explore professional issues with a fresh lens and delve into topics that help to expand our capacity for growth. This is episode number 43, and I'm Andrew. And I'm Maxie. All right. So here we are again. Megay. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it has it been a little while. It's been a while. We've been busy. We've been <laughs> yeah. moving and shaking, even chucking ga- and driving. We've been gallivanting. Gallivanting <laughs> and meeting globe. people and yeah. talking to people. But we're good. back in the lounge. Lots of good. <laughs> we are back in the lounge. We're back in the lounge. And talk, I think we're talking about a, sl- like, like today in Edmonton, oh, we're talking about a slippery, slick yeah. sort of topic. I know. That's going to, I think, for... Some people, it's going to rub them a little bit. Maybe it's a good thing. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be building off of our last episode, talking about relationship, caseload, some of the interviews that I did with therapists and over the summer. So yeah. So where where should we start? Well, you want to know what? First of all, let's start because I wasn't able to be there because of an event that was happening in my life (laughs) on October 13th. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) But, but, but that said, I wasn't able to be at the orthopedic, symp- what was it? Symposium. The yeah. symposium yeah. here was held in Alberta, in Calgary, Forever, yeah. right? Yeah. And you were an invited speaker. Yes. Could you tell us what, why the hell were you invited? Like <laughs> what compelled that organizing committee to invite you? Well, I think their whole theme was around innovation in practice. So it was cool because they had, you know, quite a different, you know, wide variety of different talks that had that common theme. And so, you know, we had been talking with their executive about doing a talk and I mentioned that, you know, this is some of the the work I've been doing recently around interviewing therapists from across the country and and just to some of the other stuff I've been doing, you know, they, they thought that would be a good way to end the day. So I talked about, you know, different strategies around building a thriving caseload. So I talked about things that you can do in the clinic with the patient and really synthesizing some of the, you know, the ideas that people shared. And then I also talked about what you can do outside the clinic in terms of attracting new patients. Because I think there really is a a combination there in terms of, you know, when you're looking at a caseload, you obviously got to be able to keep the patients that you have currently, but you also obviously have to make yourself available and aware within your community to actually bring people in. So there was a lot there. I, a, I, I know I, it's great though. It's great. So I just want, I'm going to put some things out there that I'm thinking right now. So, this, so you know what I'm thinking. Sure. I'm thinking when you said community, mm-hmm. that is a, a whole, you mm-hmm. know, bubble that we can go into mm-hmm. about physiotherapists being in their community and Absolutely. what that means. Okay. Yeah. So let's put that on the, on the blackboard. Yeah, it's interesting because I think community, I mean, I'll go off on a slight tangent already (laughs) within the first two minutes, but I posed this question on LinkedIn recently about, you know, do we, do we think we can do a better job branding our profession, right? And I think, do we have a, do we have an issue with that? And I think that's been something that has come through in conversations I've had at past conferences. It even came up after my talk at the ortho symposium, you know, talking to one clinician about just sort of the challenge that we have as a profession around that. And I think that an important way that we can actually help improve the brand of physiotherapy as a profession, I think, is how we engage with our local communities. You know, I think that, you know, yes, there is a role for our associations and, you know, those organizations to to drive and, and structure some of that conversation. But I think we as clinicians can have such an impact in terms of demonstrating the value, right, of what we do by engaging and being proactive participants in our local communities, right? And I think that that is something that 
that's really what I try to sort of build into that is, is that we can't just sort of sit back and expect people to come, right? But we need to be out there with the people. Yeah. With the people. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, no, and, and, I, and it takes it to, like for me, it's not just about building your caseload. I don't know. Mm-hmm. To me, there's always uh, this sense of what is the intention behind what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? And then if the intention is good and, mm-hmm. you know, quotes it, the attention is pure. If the attention is authentic and genuine, good things come back to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so when you're talking about physiotherapists and physios, not, of course, physiotherapists as people yeah. operate in different sorts of civic society, right. Yes. You know, in their church groups yeah. or their, you know, their, their community clubs, leagues yeah. or their sports clubs, yeah. right. They're part of that, right. Yeah. As their own people, yes. like as own person. Yeah. But what about their clinics or, mm-hmm. or how their clinics engage in community events. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, yes, of course you're going to get your name out there and there's that reciprocity mm-hmm. of that, but there's mm-hmm. also the sense of really contributing to a community and strengthening mm-hmm. the fabric of a community and being able to speak to maybe, maybe it involves speaking to health issues yeah. or maybe it doesn't, yeah. but, but, but when I think we're out there, then we become we become a part of the conversation, mm-hmm. and and we contribute to 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 the strengthening of communities, yeah. and those sorts of and this happens in a you know when we're talking and and I'm going to go off on <laughs> tangent. Tangent <laughs> number we're two. Yeah. Back around to this article. <laughs> yeah. We are. Yeah. I promise. But but you know I think about about systems right mm-hmm. and how relationships and you know narratives mm-hmm. shape systems mm-hmm. and shape shape what happens right and mm-hmm. how we make connections mm-hmm. and how we develop networks yeah. right and so as a physical therapist we can be physical therapists we can think in a very linear way about how we go about developing networks and yeah. I will put a you know advertisement yeah. in a paper yeah. or or go on the radio those are all good things they're all yeah. a part of the puzzle yeah. right but then there's the there's the other ways of developing relationships and networks that are not directly related to, but sometimes could be the most fruitful ways of really strengthening the quote unquote brand or who, what people believe we are yeah. as a profession yeah. Yeah. and for individual clinics as for the, your individual clinic. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think there's, and that was one of the things I talked about was that we need to demonstrate value and not just tell people about our value, right? I think that, you know, especially, and, the, and I was talking about that, you know, specifically within, you know, the context of, you know, referral sources and, you know, influencers. But I think that a lot of times we we just say, well, yeah, we're a physio and then we, we, we have a bunch of initials behind our name and we've done these courses that mean absolutely nothing to most people outside of our own profession. Mm-hmm. And, and then we think, okay, well, if I just tell people that that's going to be good enough. And I think that we need to move past that and say, okay, what am I giving of value? I need to demonstrate that value to people because I need to build trust. And I need to, I need, it's more than just awareness. It's more than just selling something. I think we have to, you know, that's, we have to move out of that kind of mindset and say, people are going to trust me when, when they have already received value. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that that can be at the patient level. I think that can be at, you know, the local docs. It can be within, you know, other healthcare providers. But I think that that's something that that's really important. And, I, and you know, in other areas of marketing have already, you know, emphasized that. And I sometimes think that we are a little bit behind on that mm-hmm. or that we don't want to necessarily give any value unless they already are in the clinic. But I think there's that divide that we have to bridge. Right. And so we're talking about then, we start to talk about what are the indicators of value, mm-hmm. right? And they may go beyond traditional quantitative metrics. Yes. 
number of patients, yeah. you know, satisfaction surveys, yeah. Yeah. right? That, you know, can be relatively, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say biased, but you know what I mean? Can be, can not necessarily get, get at the whole picture. Yeah. They, yeah. You don't get at the whole picture in terms of, of what, what your value is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, I think that that being more creative and thinking about that. Yeah. Really sitting back and going, well, what, value does my clinic offer mm -hmm. what is the value mm -hmm. and what does value what does value mean yeah right well and i think you know something that things i've been thinking about have, have come along you know from what simon sinek talks about in terms of understand your why right like why are you like what's your purpose what's your your why in terms of what you're doing and i think that can apply at a clinician level but also at a clinic level. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, that's something that I've been, you know, thinking about and reflecting on over the last few months of like, okay, what's my why, right? What what's and really is about impact, right? An impact around health outcomes and, and healthy living and and just better quality healthcare. Right. I mean, that's mm -hmm. why Ignite exists is to mm -hmm. foster that. And and I think that if we don't take that step back, I think we can sometimes get sidelined by, you know, sort of the shiny object syndrome of like, oh, this is a great way to market, or this is a great way to build your caseload without necessarily recognizing like, hang on a second, like, what's my why here? Mm -hmm. And is that congruent? Because if it if it isn't, you're not going to have the energy to sustain that at any level for any period of time. Well, yeah, and, and it just becomes, yeah, you're bringing in some, you know, kind of buzzwords in and around implementation mm -hmm. and, you know, actually implementing a marketing plan yeah. or, or a clinic, yeah. right, within, you know, so you, you want to be sustainable. What is, what is that, what is your sustainability yeah. plan, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and how does that involve those exactly, those short, mid, and long-term mm -hmm. sorts of, of goals that move along a trajectory of, yes, the individual, you know, your short-term goals in terms of maybe individual caseloads, but then more longer-term goals in terms of what are, what are the, how am I contributing to health outcomes within my community? Yeah. Or just in, in terms of like, what are those health outcomes? Yeah. Am I thinking further down the line? How am I contributing to more social determinants of health? Yeah, like, yeah. how am I doing yeah. that yeah. as a practitioner? And, and if it's not congruent with you as a person, you're not going to keep doing it, right? Yeah. And so I think that that's something that takes, again, there's that step back and re reflecting to say, okay, what fits with me as a person, mm -hmm. the values? And, and, you know, that's something that I talked about in that talk too, is around like, what's your personal brand? And I know, you know, I think that l looks at, it's also so individual for each person and that's, you know, can apply to a clinic too. But I think that, I mean, that's a whole other conversation, mm -hmm. but, but I think understanding that why is, is crucial because that motivation, it's a, it's a long game. It's not a, it's not a like, Oh, I do this once check. Now I'm done in terms yeah. of engaging with my community. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, so I mean, let's, let's, okay. So let's circle back to the article. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. did this article, you wrote this article, you did, Tell the folks at home. Yeah. How you, well, I mean, I've, I've, been, I've been working on a, on a master article, which was cresting over 5,000 words. And I was like, hang on a second. This is may, may never get done. So I thought, okay, let's start breaking this out into its different chunks. And so the first article that I put out just recently was this idea of a thriving caseload. And I think that what was interesting when I was having these conversations with therapists and clinic owners was I said, well, you know, what, what do you, what strategies do you, you know, recommend around building a, a full caseload, right? And so I had been using this language of full caseload because I think that's that's an that's a wording that's very common in our profession like okay what what are you going to do to build your caseload right you know yeah. new grads are asked that they're thinking that and and you know i got some pushback on that to say well hang on a second that may not actually be what's most important especially if you're a new grad or or whatever your situation is right right so so just to be clear you interviewed how many therapists? over 25 therapists right, from, from across, across the, country, the country and both in public and private healthcare practice i mean and were they uh, seasoned what was their experience yeah. level very seasoned you know therapists 
campus I'd been practicing for five years. I talked to new grads, you know, yeah. so it's, it was really quite a gamut. Right. So, yeah. so okay. So I just want to point this out and yeah. check my accuracy yeah. on this. You, what you're saying is you went in thinking about full caseload yeah. yeah. and you had some pushback. Yeah. There, some pushback. Yeah. So it's not you going in with an agenda of going, no, oh, we're, no. we're going to talk about, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to, you know, you know, shift the perspective. I'm going to shift this perspective with my own personal bias. No. You went out, you actually were impacted by the things that you were hearing. Absolutely. And it was on reflecting on that to say, hang on a second, you know what? I think we, we are maybe missing a more full picture or a more accurate definition around what we should be striving for. Because again, I think, you know, as we've talked about so many times, language is so important, right? Mm-hmm. And if we're using the wrong words, we're going to be moving in the wrong direction. Shaping our, it's shaping our mentality. Yeah. It's shaping the narratives yeah. that we have of ourselves, yeah. of our profession, right? And, and, and our contributions and what we believe we're capable of. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so then I was, as I was thinking about that more, I was like, okay, well, what's a better definition, right? And so then I thought, okay, well, you know, it has to incorporate the patient. It has to incorporate the therapist needs, but there has to be a balance between that. So I was looking at, okay, well, you know, what is, what helps you to deliver an exceptional patient experience, right? Because again, you can have a full caseload, but if you're seeing a caseload where you don't have the time to spend with the patient, well, guess what? You're not going to have a very good patient experience and that's not going to be sustainable for you in the long run because patients aren't going to necessarily be satisfied in that. But it also is, we want to have awesome health outcomes, right, for patients. So I think that saying, okay, what does that look like for me as a therapist? Because that's going to be very different if you're a therapist that's treating, you know, chronic persistent pain patient that you need to spend a lot of time with, right, versus, you know, say another patient population where maybe you can, you know, you're not going to have to spend as much time or the environment that may have to play into that, right? So I think that, again, it's taking that step back and saying, okay, what patient am I serving, right? What patient do I want to serve? Like, what's that, what's that, patient population that, I, that I'm passionate about, mm-hmm. what does it look like in terms of being able to actually deliver an awesome experience for that patient, right? And then, you know, obviously looking at, you know, yes, you know, there's financial requirements that you have as a therapist, right? Mm-hmm. So I was just looking at some of those different variables mm-hmm. to then say, okay, let's build out a little bit more of a, a robust definition. And, and again, I, I'm not saying this is the be-all and end-all definition, yeah. but I think it, what I want to do is move that conversation past just a, a conversation of quantity to looking at those other variables that are going to affect the therapist quality of life and their, and, you know, prevent burnout and all that, you know, important stuff. Hey, I just wanted to have a quick pause to introduce you to today's podcast sponsor, Soul. They're off the shelf moldable insoles, and it's the brand of insoles that I recommend to my patients and have for years. The reason I recommend them is that they're heat moldable by the patient, they've got a great arch support and they come with options to help with different foot issues. It's really easy for customers to order and when you refer them to Soul, they get free shipping and 10% off. Make sure to check them out at yoursoul.com forward slash health dash professionals. That's Y-O-U-R-S-O-L-E dot com forward slash health dash professionals. All right, back to the show. But also obviously deliver good patient care. You alluded on that sense of reciprocity for the therapist too. So when we're talking about an exceptional client or patient mm-hmm. experience, how does that how does that weave back or circle back into an exceptional therapist experience mm-hmm. and an exceptional an exceptional therapeutic experience mm-hmm. or you know what I mean so that so that it's not it's not 
we tend to be outward focused, but there has to be that draw inward. Like Absolutely. what, what are we getting out of that? Yeah. Out, of the, out of those contributions that, that we're making? Which is a great question. And I, I think that there's definitely a part of that where it's, if we, if we always feel constantly rushed, if we feel like we are only delivering part of that care, if we feel like we can't actually be fully present with the patient, because we're, again, our environment is, is limiting our ability to, to make that happen. Yeah. I think that's going to really impact therapist satisfaction mm -hmm. and that ability to connect. But then obviously there's going to be that effect also on, on patient outcomes. Right. And so, you know, I, I honestly just really believe that our environment shapes our behavior. Right. And I think that that was some of the, the, the input that I got from people I interviewed saying, okay, you know what, like if your clinical environment does not support you in terms of being able to have enough time with your patient, being able to have a space that actually creates that safety with you mm -hmm. and the patient. Well, you know what, you need to find an environment that's going to support that because otherwise it's going to be very, very difficult, if not impossible for you to, to achieve those components of a thriving caseload in your practice. I'm just thinking about that. It's interesting because you have to know to some degree what you value, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. And there are going to be therapists out there who value the dollar sign, yeah. right? And, and yeah. like you're saying, there needs, obviously, we need to be compensated for what Absolutely. we do. Yeah. It's not about giving in or serving in that way that, that there isn't that reciprocity, mm -hmm. right? Because dollars are reciprocity as well. Absolutely. And I, and I think that it's important to recognize, yeah, like we're not doing this without any reciprocity financially. But I think that, again, I feel like there's this spectrum where some people are just so focused on that, yeah. right, that everything is about finding that lever to mm -hmm. increase that reciprocity. But then the question is saying, okay, well, what what is that impact on the patient experience? Can you have both? I think there's a, there's a balance in that. But I think that to my philosophy is, you know, that patient experience is more important than the outcome, which is the financial that reward, metric, that, that metric, that, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and I've, I've interviewed at clinics where I've talked to therapists where they were spending 10 minutes for an assessment with a patient. Like I, I just literally don't know how you can do anything well in that period of time. Yeah. I don't care how seasoned you are. For sure. And, and I started to think about, you know, sort of the, the metrics for that or, or the indicators of how you would know that, sorry, I might be taking a couple of leaps here, but how you would know that kind of holding to some basic principles actually is a value. It is increasing value. So I'm going to give you kind of the story that was going on in my brain or the memory I was having. There's a clinician in, in town who I can't remember how many years ago, I don't know, quite a few years ago, maybe 10, 15 years ago, set up a clinic and her business model was one where, you know, we're going to see patients. All patients are going to be booked for 30 minutes. We're going to have private rooms. We're going to make the space more kind of Zen-like. So the structure of the space more Zen-like and, you know, very calming and, and, and welcoming and yeah. welcoming environment. We're going to pay attention to how our front staff treat patients. And there are people telling her, and, and what we're going to do, what we're going to do is, is we're going to pay physio salaries versus, you know, do it, you know. The fee split yeah, model. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and there are people telling her, there's no way that business model is going to, is going to make it. Mm -hmm. There's no way, no way you are yeah. going to, and they're thriving. Yeah. They're absolutely thriving. And that yeah. clinic, man, you, it is a weight to get yeah. in yeah. to that clinic. Yeah. Right. And from all that I've heard therapists are happy working there, yeah. right? Yeah. There yeah. isn't this insane pressure to produce and you're given time with patients. It's a team atmosphere. So yeah. they collaborate with one another as therapists and, yeah. and, you know, really kind of work as a team, yeah. you know, and use one another's strengths appropriately. So that was getting <laughs> that whole long winded sort of 
thing that I was, yeah. you know, thinking about got me thinking, well, okay, so what would be then the metrics or the indicators that you're, you know, in that environment that you're thriving, you know, would it be, you know, taking the, the, how did you like, you know, how did you hear about us, yeah. right? Another yeah, patient yeah. or la la la, yeah. or, you know, what, what would make you come back? Or if you, on an yeah. exit sort of interview, yeah. Yeah. what would make you come back yeah. right to this clinic yeah. or what, what, why won't you come back to this clinic? Yeah. You know, those sorts yeah. of things, because if people are going, well, because you spent time with me or because you, you know what I mean? Like it, you can kind of try to get the sense of what are the value, what, yeah. what value are you adding? Because yeah. I can imagine that, you know, you might get patients referred to your clinic just because somebody said, you want to know what? Like they really took time with me. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, and that was the biggest reason why that person came to you because their buddy said, you know, they, they felt heard. They, they felt, felt heard like or there's, whatever, I mean, there's, yeah. And, and that's obviously going to differ, you know, by patient and, and that. And I think that, you know, I think one of the indicators too is, is, is that whole area of, of burnout, right? I think that if, if you're not passionate about, you know, and, and excited and, and feel like you have something to give in terms of the patients that you're seeing, right? Then, then you have to say, okay, hang on a second. What, what's missing in this equation for me as a therapist, where I actually feel like I, I don't have anything to give, or I feel a sort of a level of resentment, right? Mm, yeah. Right. Because that's, to me, I just think that the, that emotional component is such a, a good indicator when we look at it from the therapist angle. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we can look at that from the patient side of things, which is obviously important, but I think we often then again, miss that full circle to say, okay, well, like how, how satisfied is, am I in my caseload? Right. What's, fr why, why am I frustrated? What, what do I, what do I resent? Right. Mm -hmm. I think those are all, potential threads to a, a larger mm -hmm. picture in terms of looking at what may be off in terms of that that equation and, and sometimes it's it's the environmental element right I mean it's just maybe not a good clinic environment for for your own values but I think that as you said earlier like I, I think the more that we can reflect again part through experience but part through our own sort of internal self-discovery to say okay what what matters to me right and, 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 and where do I want to have impact? And I think that, you know, we go into this profession because we want to have the ability to impact people's yeah. health for the better. Yeah. And if we feel like we are not making that kind of impact, I think that that's a big part of it, right? Absolutely. Or somehow it shifts. Yeah. Or somehow we shift from wanting to make an impact to making sure we can make more money, yeah. let's say, or the dollars. I mean, I remember when I was in private practice and I... I, for a number of reasons, I didn't like working the, the evening, to, but I had to, cause I was the new grad and you know, you get, you get that <laughs> chip, too, but, yeah. but you know, I, I just found it too like bang, 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 bang. Yeah. And when I was able to move up to an earlier like day shift, I was making less money, Yeah. but I was far more relaxed exactly. and I was, yeah. I was enjoying myself more, even though I was making less money. Yeah. And then eventually I went, you want to know what? I, I really feel like I need to work in an interdisciplinary setting. Yeah. I really want yeah. to work with people yeah. who have chronic conditions. And so then I moved to an interdisciplinary setting to do that. Yeah. Right. And so certainly was probably making less money, not, you know what I mean? Then I could in private practice. If that was your only goal. Yeah. Right. But then, yeah. the, but then the question is at what cost would that be to, you as a person, right, <laughs> to the patients you're treating, because let's be honest, if you're not fully present and engaged because you're just feeling that tired or exhausted or, yeah. you know, running on a treadmill, you know, like I think that that will impact patient yeah. experience and patient outcomes, right? And so, 
Yeah, no, it's, and, and I think there's, you know, I, I feel like there's sort of those two pendulums where people can swing to one end or the other, right? And, and it's where, like, no, it's all about the money, which I get, but at the same time, I'm like, well, why did you, did you get into physio because of the money? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> or it's was... probably not the profession Yeah, then, then maybe you should, like, there, there's other professions that perhaps could have, you know, been more lucrative, yeah. <laughs> right? And, and we talk about this whole, you know, we've talked about this in previous podcasts mm-hmm. about this idea of healing and, and healer yes. and all that. And, and to me, there has to be a congruency there too in mm-hmm. terms of what, what's your intention, right? Yeah. And again, not throwing out the need no. to, you know, to be profitable and to, you know, mm-hmm. make a living and all the rest of that. But again, I think it has to be balanced with these other components that I, that I talk about in the article. So, yeah. 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 And so, so, so that, that article's up. Where yeah. is that? Where can people find that? Yeah, it's on the Ignite Physio uh, blog. We'll put a link in there, and, and I have it on my own uh, okay. site as well. So, and so, just let's coming back to the orthopedic symposium. Mm-hmm. How do you feel that what you were saying was received by by the crowd? I think it was well received from what I, you know, feedback that I got. I think that it, you know, I, I would say that probably the crowd was more of a seasoned you know, seasoned clinicians, yeah. right? But I think that, and I and I preface my conversation and, and presentation to say, you know, I think whether you're a new grad, whether you're a seasoned clinician, whether you're a clinic owner, I think that, that this information is valuable because A, either you need to apply it in your own practice or B, you're mentoring someone else, right? And I think we have to do a better job with new grads beyond just sort of trite directives like, you know, you should just book your patients more often. That's the way to build a caseload. Well, hang on a second. That There's some problems with that, right? Or actually, you should just phone your patients for more follow-up, and that's what's going to help build your caseload. And to me, I think, you know, there's, there's, there's so much more to that, and we have to start unpacking that, and we start, we need to look at those different elements and, and how there are so many different components to it. And I think we need to put some structure around that and, and a bit of a framework so that when, you know, a clinician is talking or mentoring a new grad to say, you know what, actually... There's things you can do with the patient. You know, yeah. there's things you can do in your community in terms of engaging. Let's start with a few of these things, right? Let's observe how well do you actually build rapport with your patient during that assessment, right? All that kind of stuff, right? And I, so I think that I don't think that this conversation sort of excludes one particular segment of our profession. I think that all of us can benefit from reflecting, from engaging, from challenging around these uh, these topics. So yeah, I, th- I think it was well received. I mean, I know people aren't going to come up to you afterwards and want the people who didn't like what yeah, exactly. you were saying and say, I really didn't like what you were saying. <laughs> exactly. Like that doesn't often happen. No, right? I mean, it could, but. <laughs> it certainly could. <laughs> so usually only there's a bit of a response bias. Yeah, exactly. There is definitely. The but, but I guess if, if there's crickets in the room afterward, you know what well, I mean? Well, that's right. And yeah. you kind of go, okay, maybe I didn't reach anybody. Exactly. So, I mean, <laughs> because it could be good. If, if people aren't liking what you're saying, that can be all right too because you can start a conversation and maybe they open up dialogue around, yeah. you know, being curious about where that other person is coming from from yes. and let's see how we can you know move out move yeah move move beyond where we're at right now you know and i i think too it's i'm not saying that you know i have all the answers in this area at all i think what i want to do is just facilitate some of that conversation mm-hmm. and for us to start to move that needle so that we are delivering better patient care right but that we're also doing it in a way that is life-giving and energizing for us as therapists right yeah because i mean that's like if we want like that's that's half the equation so yeah what's our mission yeah what's what's your man what's your mission what's your mandate what if you could say you want wanted to impact one thing Mm -hmm. what would it be Mm -hmm. exactly right you know and so so i think that and those sorts of things it's funny because i think we can we can fall even though we have those sorts of altruistic maybe or authentic sorts of ideas 
the grind of the day to day can pull you away yeah. from that, yeah. right? And yeah. so I think it's it's a really great exercise to be able to step back, as you said, yeah. and kind of get the bigger picture yeah. and take a breath, yeah. right? And and yeah. get out of the you know the, the daily one step in front of the other. Well, and I think part of it too is that it just highlights again for me that there is so much knowledge and wisdom within our communities of practice, yes. right? And I think we we need to pull more of that together so that, because there's just so much knowledge and, and every, cause this is the thing. I mean, I probably said this last time, but every time I'd get into the, onto a phone call, I'd be like, oh, I'm probably not going to learn anything new. Right. And then every single conversation I'd be like, okay, I, I did not think about that. Right. And, and so what I think is, is we forget how much collective wisdom we have. And yet we, we do such a poor job of bringing that to the surface, right? And then we just keep struggling in these scenarios that actually we don't need to, right? So that, that again, just sort of reiterated that belief in the, in the power of community and, and bringing together that knowledge. And, and not even just knowledge, but I think also wisdom, right? I mean, I think yeah. that that's, yeah. you know, where, where it's knowledge informed with experience, yeah. right? Yeah, you're um, putting the knowledge into mm-hmm. practice and then learning from that to generate more experience-based exactly sort of knowledge yeah right which which this is a whole other conversation but we're talking about experience-based knowledge Mm -hmm. epistemologically Mm -hmm. who gets to generate knowledge what generates knowledge and who gets to be the knower yeah right yeah what you're talking about is experience-based knowledge is important Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and if we if we systematically do that if we systematically reflect this Mm -hmm. is a new bugaboo that i'm on right now is is the idea of really Conscious, more systematic reflection Mm -hmm. because there is knowledge in experience Mm -hmm. and we've moved off into the evidence-based sort of description of it's an RCT or the hierarchy of that. And I'm I'm getting very challenged by that. But, you know, to your point and your experience here, right, there's an incredible amount of, of wisdom that is untapped, that is real. Yeah. Yeah. That has value. It's authentic. It's authentic. And and we can use that tapped mm-hmm. wisdom mm-hmm. to and knowledge to be able to advance to grow the profession to yes. to I don't like to say grow, I don't like that word, but to to really help start to help expand our definition of who we are. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. people are doing it every day. And I think what it does too is that this wisdom, this knowledge, I think what it does is it can help us pause and say, okay, hang on a second. How am I doing that? Right? Like how am I engaging with my patient or how, you know, what does my caseload look like? You know, I, I'm feeling dissatisfied. Is there a reason why? Right. And now all of a sudden, if you have some hooks to, you know, or some different things to think about, well, now all of a sudden you can say, oh, you know what? I actually think it's because I'm I'm just not seeing the patients that I'm passionate about treating. Right. Like, okay, well that's, that's important information. Right. Mm -hmm. And now you can start to make some adjustments or changes in terms of what you're doing to better align with who you are you know, as a professional, but also as a person. And so and that's why I think, you know, that idea of like taking that step back, you know, asking those self-reflective questions, I think that's so important for us to be able to move forward individually and as a profession. So it was good, it, it, you know, and, and, and so I've been starting to unpack some of these other articles yeah. so that it's a little more uh, focused and manageable to write. <laughs> so I'm not writing a book. <laughs> Another one. Yeah, exactly. That's right. I need to work up to that. Again. <laughs> well, what I want to say is I, I, I respect your passion and even the, the chutzpah mm. to, 
to do this. Like, (laughs) I mean, it's incredible, (laughs) you know, that that you care enough to take so much of your own time, not paid, not, you know, you are the reimbursement to you monetarily is zilch. Right. And you are really exemplifying what a leader is. So thank Thank you. you. Yeah. (laughs) Very much. Well, and it's good fodder for our podcast conversation. Yeah, my God, we get to chat. (laughs) (laughs) What else would we be talking about? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode. It's uh, great having you on the show today. Now, if you've been enjoying the new show, I'd love for you to leave a review on iTunes as this just helps more people find out about the podcast and we'd love to to get your feedback. And if you want to check out the show notes from the podcast, just go to ignitephysio.ca forward slash podcasts. And if there's any topics that you want us to cover, just shoot us an email at hello at ignitephysio.ca and we'll make sure to get back in touch with you and, and see what we can do there. So anyways, thanks for joining us on the show today. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.